Welcome to Worth Reading Wednesdays here at the Columbus Lounge Public Library System. This is a podcast hosted by CLPLS librarians about books we're reading and recommending and anything else that has caught our attention. All right. Hey. Hey. How you doing? I'm doing good. How about you? Good. Happy early, happy first day of National Library Week. Yes. And Mississippi libraries are the best. Yes. And we even got a new logo. We sure did. It looks sweet. I know. I can't wait for it all to come out and different things. I might make some new book cards to put our new logo on the back. Or yeah, I could make some business cards to put out there. Yeah, you could. I Um, could. But so that is fully reflected in the updates on our website already. Yep, loungelibrary.com. And it's on our social media, and it looks so fresh and clean. So I'm so I, that fresh is so clean, clean. Yes, that's <laughs> what I've been focusing on today. Is, I just like the symbolism of it, the mm-hmm. fact that it's like the way the Tin Tom looks mm-hmm. for us. I really, really like that, but it still looks like books too, you know? Yeah. I really like it, and yeah. I love the colors. I like so it too. That's that's so exciting and fun to start our week off. Loving libraries and loving everything about what they do for our communities. All right. Do you want to go first or you want me to go first? You want to rock, paper, scissors for it? No, I don't want to rock, paper, scissors. Uh, Let me go. Okay. So. Tell me you, what you got. Have you read it? I mean, have you watched the movie? I have not. Okay, no problem. It didn't get a lot of play because it came out on Christmas Day, so I don't know what Denzel Washington was thinking when he decided to put this movie out on on Christmas Day. All right, so the book that I've been reading, like, cannot put down every single day after I watch the movie, is called A Journal for Jordan, A Story of Love and Honor by Dana Kennedy, a Pulitzer Prize winner. She was a... She worked at the New York Times, and she met this dude... At her dad's house, his name was First Sergeant Charles King, Charles Monroe King at that. And they had a whirlwind romance, and she just never thought she would be with a soldier, but because her dad was military, so she was a military brat, you know, Mm -hmm. and she just, he wasn't the type of guy that she would fall for, but she eventually did fall for him. And when 9-11 happened, he was obviously sent to Iraq. Mm-hmm. And before he left, she asked him to have a baby because she wanted, you know, something to connect them. Yeah. And he, of course, is a very was a very traditional type of man. So he was like, well, yeah, I'd be glad to have a baby with you, but will you also marry me? And she was like, yeah. So she, they got pregnant. She had a little boy named Jordan. And he wasn't available for the birth because he was still in Iraq. This is Michael B. on the cover. He is, but it's not the man itself. But, yes. Well, yeah. Um, Michael B. Jordan them is triceps in the movie. is popping. Right. Sorry. I got in derailed. The, I know, right? Continue. They got pregnant. <laughs> they got pregnant. <laughs> and the first Sergeant Charles was not a part of the birth because he was still over in Iraq. And he was the type of soldier that was like, you know, I wait for all my fellas to be taken care of before I take care of myself. And to his detriment, unfortunately, after he saw his t- son, after his son was six months old, mm-hmm. he had to return back to Iraq, thinking he was going to be back home in six weeks so that they could get married. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, his convoy ran over an IED, and he, according to military papers, was killed instantly. So, 
before he left to go to Iraq the very first time, she gave him a journal and said, look, you should write in this journal to your son, tell him how much you love him, teach him things that I might not be able to teach him as a man. And it was a journal that had prompts up at the top. So it's not like he had to just come up off the dome with stuff. He could just follow the prompt mm -hmm. and write a few sentences. And so that's where the title for the movie and the book came from, is that it's a journal from his dad to him, basically speaking from the grave. And when I tell you, Whoa. the movie is sexy because Michael B. Jordan is just <laughs> fine in it. <laughs> and he, you know, he's all buffed up because, you know, he's going to be doing another Creed 3. Mm. So I'm excited about that. So he played his part really well. Shantae Adams, the girl that plays his love interest, Dana Kennedy, she is a new star that's kind of coming out. And she did a wonderful job of portraying Dana Kennedy, too. But either way, what I came to say is, yes, the movie brought a little tears toward the end, but not as much as this book. Mm -hmm. When I say I've already cried in so many places and wiping snot everywhere. Oh, man. I wanted to throw the book across the room. I bet. It's like, and... He, they had such a loving relationship. Such, yeah. I mean, and they felt like they had all the time in the world. And even though he prepared her for him not being there, you know, to get the news that someone you love has died in a horrific, well, at that time, I guess it was a crime in military, I, you know, ideas, I guess. Mm -hmm. But the crime of him being killed instantly from an, an IED, which is an improvised explosive device. And, you know, so she never thought that she would end up raising this baby by herself. But, again, the book is amazing. Uh, I read some reviews. They were kind of like they didn't like the book because they were hoping to read the exact journal. But That's what, really personal, though. Right. But Dana does put things from, from her fiancé in this particular book. But it's really about her love story with him and mm -hmm. the kind of honor that he had and the kind of man that he was that you wouldn't have known if you had not read her book and how they fell in love and how they worked through things as well as what he would tell his son in certain spots in the book. Like, for instance, they would be cut up like this. And I'll, all I'm doing is showing her a page with a little cutout insert in the middle that is words from Charles to his son, Jordan. Ooh, that last line, never listen to your friends. Follow your heart and look for the strength of a woman. Yeah. And Hot he, al dog. he also says to her, to, to Jordan in the book, you know, if you want to know what beautiful is to me, look at your mother. That's that's what beauty is to me. And he was a handsome soldier. That smile is everything. Mm -hmm. And it's just cute to see. He got see. his daddy's forehead. Yeah, he does. <laughs> and he's got blue eyes, which came mm -hmm. from Charles's Charles's mother's side of the family. Okay. Because his uncle had blue eyes. But such a beautiful love story. Actually, it kind of freaked me out how similar it was to me and my husband, who is retired Navy. It freaked me out how close it was. But at the time that they were getting together in 1998, I had just gotten married to my husband. Mm -hmm. But nevertheless, the love story is what's so beautiful and how she handled everything and... Your father asked to see pictures of my growing belly while he was in Iraq. Yeah. Get this away from me. I know, I because, <laughs> and I've been where she's been. I, you know, Mark had to leave the very afternoon after 9-11 happened. And I was boohooing because I was yeah. like, when are you going to be back? I don't know. When yeah. can I call you? I don't know. I mean, I couldn't even 
Usually yeah. you could drive on the base and drop them off no, right at the they ship. they were all locked down. All locked down. Yeah. I actually had to... I had to drop him off further down the street. He had to walk up the street. Mm-hmm. Could not tell me anything, whether they were going to stay in port, whether they were getting ready to leave. When I say I spent the whole night crying, shouldn't have been watching the news either, but I spent the whole night just boohooing, crying. And finally, he was able to call me about three days later and say they made all the ships leave out of the, you know, what you call it. But yet and still here I am living on a base next to this place that was supposed to be one of the important places on the base at Norfolk. So if they was going to strike it, that would be the place. Yeah, my housing, (laughs) military housing, was right next door to this thing. Yeah. (laughs) So, you know, I'm scared. Uh, My family wasn't there with me. Same thing with Dana. She has this baby, and, you know, she's doing her best to keep up the morale for her man that she's loved and everything, but, you know, it came back still that he uh, ended up leaving. But he was a wonderful artist. Mm-hmm. He has art that has been hung in different military museums. Oh, wow. He was a, de- a decorated soldier. Okay. But he was just, it was just, a, it's just really a good, good book. If you're wanting, to, if, you, if you're okay with crying, mm-hmm. then I would say definitely read the book. If yeah. you just want a quick love story that in the end you already know what's going to happen <laughs> watch the movie because okay. michael b jordan is fine in it plus oh i was gonna tell you there's a a nice uh shot of his uh derriere <laughs> <laughs> that actually made me blush oh, wow. <laughs> in front of my husband but either way michael b jordan and shante adams do a good job of the movie but it didn't get a lot of play because it came out december 25th so i don't know what denzel was thinking he denzel washington executive produced the movie and so. did it go straight to streaming? It, was, it went to theaters. It was actually in theaters December 25th. But I don't know if it was just the Christmas rush. I'm not sure if there was something else going on around Christmas time. But it did not get a lot of a lot of business, so to speak. Maybe due to COVID restrictions or something. I'm not sure. But it did go to theater. And then, of course, it came on DVD. Well, I'm sorry. No. Well, I just bought it on DVD. But we streamed it through Amazon Prime. And we paid like six bucks to rent it, but still a good movie. And that's that's what I'm almost done reading right now for okay. my book. Yeah. For this, so now I just wanted to tell y'all a quick bit about what I've ordered. Um, so I didn't make any orders during March, and definitely wanted to make one in April. So I combined the two months, and we have approximately 114 books that will be coming in this week. Love it. Love it, but I'm nervous. <laughs> so let me just tell you a couple of books that I think uh, our listeners will be good, be, be glad to hear of. We got another Cat Kid Comic Club. Say that five times fast. Cat Kid Comic Club. Cat Kid Comic Club. Cat Kid Comic Club. <laughs> <laughs> Comic Club. I, I cried. I got it you, in three years. You did. You did. And this one is called On Purpose. It's a graphic novel from the creator of Dogman, Dave Pilkey. Wonderful, wonderful book that I think our kids are going to enjoy. I wanted to make sure and mention again that the young lady, Ataya Henley from West Point, I did buy the four copies of The Mean Girls, and they're going to be coming in soon. Colin Kaepernick came out with a book that I'm getting. It's called I Color Myself Different, which is going to talk about, you know, him growing up and how he was able to, you know, speak about himself and his parents and his lineage and so forth and so on. I've got this cute book coming in. It's a nonfiction book, but it's called Great Loves. It's by, you know, DK. DK does everything. But the reason why I wanted it is because it's actually about 
letters written between some of the most famous relationships we've heard of. So, for instance, Cleopatra and Mark Antony. Napoleon has a letter in there to his wife, even though we've seen, we tend, it's actually said it in the book thing that we tend to see Napoleon as being so harsh and straightforward, but in this, his letters to his wife, he really showed a side of him that was more soothing. So maybe. I I got beef with him because he makes all short people look bad, all right? I was just getting ready to say, you know. Beyond his, his short stature, he. He more than made up Bless with it. the woman who loved him. I know, right? It wasn't enough to calm him down. <laughs> so, oh gosh, another one that I was able to scrounge up is another uh, one by Seth Meyers. It's a new book that came out. I bought two of those. One to send down to Caledonia. It's called "I'm Not Scared, You're Scared." It was one that Mother Goose actually, I think, had mentioned to you, or she was looking for the book or something. I'm not sure. Either hmm. way. I saw it, and I was like, let me grab it. Sierra, the singer, has also put out a book called Why Not You. I did buy a copy of Skin of the Sea by Natasha Bowen. So you can get a hold on that one. I bought the entire Wing Feather Saga book set by Andrew Peterson. It was one that a a patron had actually called in to get holds from uh, for. And when I saw it, I was like, wow, this is a beautiful cover. And I was like, well, let me go on ahead and get the series to have in our library. I bet you some of our kids would enjoy it. So I bought that as well. We've had some people ask about home decorating. So I added a couple of books since I can't I can't get that through Arts White because Arts White is more detailed with history and science. So I went on ahead and put two books in my repertoire, Design Remix, A New Spin on Traditional Homes by Corey Jenkins and Styled, Secrets for Arranging Rooms from Tabletops to Bookshelves by Emily Henderson. And I think those are gonna be some pretty good books for people to kind of get ideas on how to decorate their homes, especially since spring cleaning is underway already. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so I thought those would be a good addition. And she, I wonder what her what she gonna say about some bookshelves, cause you know, right? People be putting their books backwards to be all aesthetic and yeah. No hate to those people, but I like <laughs> to find what I can read. Right. Know? I love the Disney movie Encanto so much. I bought two copies of the graphic novel that'll be coming in. <laughs> oh, okay. Let's see. Let me see who y'all's big time people y'all love. Let me see who I've got coming for y'all with that. Oh, Daniel Steele is actually coming out with two books that are, that are coming along. Uh, one is called High Stakes, and the other one is called Beautiful. Okay. So it will be here. Here's a cute one for teens that I'm glad that I got. It's called Cram This Book So You Know WTF Is Going On in the World Today. You know, um, one thing I really have appreciated about my husband when I first met him I was 21 and I remember him asking me he said uh well did you see what happened in the news yesterday I was like no I don't watch the news and he was like girl there could be a a a a meteor coming and getting ready to hit earth and you wouldn't even know and I was like you know what you're right and from that moment on I actually started paying attention to the news also every now and again reading newspapers you know but that was something that I can say that my husband turned me on to. Because other than that, I wasn't paying attention to what was going on in the world more than the man and the moon. There was another one that I wanted to point out real quick before I let you go. You saw one of them, Dragons Are the Worst. We've okay. I've seen a checkout of Dragons Love Tacos 
quite a bit in the last couple of weeks. So I was like, well, I might need to get another Dragon book to, <laughs> to offset Dragon Loves Taco because that book has gotten lost and rebought several times. <laughs> that uh, Dragons Are the Worst anti-propaganda <laughs> is by, I looked through the book and it's from the viewpoint of the goblin. Of oh. a goblin. He's like, yo, oh. they're not cool. <laughs> Take it from me, a goblin. <laughs> so Well, that book is by Alex Willen. I know you had wanted J.D. and the Family Business book, so I got both of his books. J.D., the, the Kid Barber. I yes. think that's going to be really cool. I do, too. I'm so excited yeah. for those. Let's see. I mean, it's a lot of books. I told you 114, but I just wanted to point out again what all, a couple of these that I'm getting. Oh, my son turned me on to some historical information. Some I've already put on my list for Arts White, but one I wanted to get because it's a graphic novel. It's called Yasuki, The Legend of the African Samurai. And because uh, he did some, for a class, he did okay. some uh, work for that. And so he told me about that. I was like, really? We had a, there's been an, an African-American samurai? I would have thought that wouldn't have happened. I mean, but then too, have you ever seen Ronin? 47 Ronin? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I didn't even know that. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, graphic novel as well. We do? Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, I did. I, I bought that. I remember mm -hmm. I bought that. There is, I kept seeing this, this book called Life Light, and it's written by just somebody named Eason. No, Lynette Eason is actually her name, Lynette Eason. And it's part of an Extreme Measures set that she's going to be writing. So I thought, okay, let me go ahead and do that. It's just a lot of cool stuff that's coming this way. Of course, we've got our regular folks that y'all love. For instance, Harlan Coben is coming out with The Match, Stuart Woods, A Safe House, James Patterson, Run, Rose, Run. I saw that you purchased on that list the Christie Affair. Is that the one I've been hearing about? Let me Google It may this. be. I think, okay, so. Let me see. Yeah, that's what that looks like. Well, I want to know. Yeah, okay, so it's this book about Agatha Christie. She yeah. went missing for 11 days and came back and, like, was, like, what up? I'm back. I can't remember nothing. <laughs> but apparently she's like in real life like gone girled her husband. Wow. She found out he was cheating on her and disappeared. What a flex. Wow. I want to read that book. It's okay. supposedly a fictionalized account based on the fact that Christy just was like yeah, the reviews on it, well, the number of reviews is a lot. So that's another thing that I ended up seeing as I was 3, making this list. 3,000 on Amazon. Yeah, so I definitely did get that. But I'm so excited for these new books that I've got coming in. It's going to be a busy week, but we'll start to get those out as soon as I possibly can. But some good stuff coming, some really yeah. good stuff coming. Well, that's it for the Nicole segment. Ooh, I Don't some... read the book, the jo or jo or Journal for Jordan, oh. if you don't want to cry. Well, then I'm almost done. I ain't got no crying books. No crying books, but you look like you got some good stuff. I am so excited to talk about this stuff. All right. Okay. So, I read, the, I mean, these are all kind of like, one's a newer book, one is an older book. It's a classic of, I, I think this is one of the books that like, when I was introduced to young adult literature and like mm -hmm. some of the Hallmark titles that were coming out in the mid 2020s 2016 mm -hmm. Simon versus the homo, homo sapiens agenda was one of the titles that was talked about and I finally got around to reading it cool. and so it follows Simon and in the first chapter 
Simon's reading his emails and he's talking to this guy named Blue and they're anonymous pen pals and they kind of like dig each other, right? But Simon left his email open on the library computer and their librarians didn't have no filtering like we do where if you sign off on your email it disappears right um not in the school library oh no and one of his classmates came up behind him and saw his emails and so he goes hey simon i saw you got a little thing going on with this guy named blue i won't tell nobody that you're gay if you help me oh so essentially simon is being blackmailed yeah um and one of his classmates is threatening to out him as gay before mm-hmm. he's ready and before he outs himself, essentially, right. in order to get a date with one of Simon's friends. And it's kind of a sad little precedent, but it, you fall into Simon's world, and he is he has this family who, like, all of it, he has an older sister and a younger sister. His older sister's gone off to college, mm-hmm. and Simon's you know, really focused on this anonymous relationship he has. And he Mm. knows that this relationship is somebody he goes to school with because they started the relationship uh, from the person's post on their school Tumblr site. And Simon commented and left his email and was like, I totally understand where you're coming from with this post. Email me if you want to talk. And they started talking and they start, you know, getting to know each other a little bit better. Uh And so basically what happens is as you go throughout the book, Simon is having to rehearse for his school play and he's constantly kind of trying to dodge this classmate of his who like wants him to get him to get his friend interested in him and he knows his friend isn't interested in this guy and Mm -hmm. he's just kind of like I will talk to her okay like leave me alone and he's dealing with a lot of friendship dynamics because he has two best friends that he's known since he was in diapers practically Mm -hmm. and he's struggling with coming out to them because he Mm -hmm. has such a history with them he's worried about what they're gonna think oh okay and he hasn't come out to his family and so he actually comes out to a friend that he's only known for like four months Mm -hmm. and his reasoning is that like she hasn't had a lot of time to really form an opinion of him and like really set in stone who he is compared like in her own mind so he comes out to her and that starts building up his bravery to get to telling other people so but he is I, I will say there's a trigger warning for like outing here i'm I'm not sure what the correct term is but you know he does end up being outed against his will without his consent and so it really it's a it's a book about like how we as a society default to white and straight Mm -hmm. for everything um and they look at how that's harmful to people in the lgbtq community and to people of color like Mm -hmm. it's not it's putting extra mental work on these other groups of people. And so it looks at that. And then it also just looks at like being a teenager and struggling to not want your parents to be all up in your grill. But (laughs) I I love the parents in this book. They are involved. And I think, you know, YA lit is so your parents are either the problem is with your parents and that's the book or the parents are nowhere to be found because they're just a plot filler. And it's neither in this book they're there but it's not like 
the conflict isn't with his parents, but they're very active and that's always good. He's always he has a confrontation with his parents after he does something a little, you know, they're like, "Whoa, you need to calm down." I'm not gonna say what he does. <laughs> Pump but, the brakes. <laughs> yeah, and he's basically like, "Please, like, why are you all up in my grill?" And they're like, "We're sorry. It's just." I they were basically like we love you guys so much that I don't they don't think his parents are like we don't think you're gonna understand it until you have your kids of your own that like you have a baby and you love this baby so much and you get to see them do all these new things Mm -hmm. and experience life for the first time and it's like so exciting to watch and see and we just love it and I haven't seen a parent relationship dichotomy like that in mm-hmm. Wyatt and I loved that response it yeah. made my heart so happy because they were just like and because he's like even when I make coffee y'all are like oh when did you start drinking coffee <laughs> and he's like what is the big deal <laughs> not everything is such a big deal and they're like but it is because we're so excited for you and right. everything Aww. is a big deal so um and his sib- his older sister's kind of the same way she's like she does not tell anybody she's dating this guy because she's like oh my god mom and dad are gonna make such a huge deal about it <laughs> um and so it's really great and one of the things that I found out that one of the characters is named I mean obviously I know this because I read the book but one of the characters named Bram Greenfield in the book is actually the first cousin of Star Carter Really? Yeah, so this is all set in the same universe. And I got that wrong. Bram is the second cousin of Star. Oh, okay. Uh, their mothers are first cousins. So Bram's mom and Star's mom are, so Lisa and Bram's mom are cousins. Okay. And then. So I wonder, did they, did they work together with that? Who wrote that? So this is Becky Albertalli. Okay. Is who wrote this. And then they also worked with Nick Stone and Dear Martin because. Oh. S.J. Friedman in Dear Martin is Bram's first cousin from his dad's side. Wow. So they're all interconnected, and I really... Gosh, you learn something new every day. That just gave me the, the warmest of fuzzies because yeah, I was like... those are two good books. And so Bram is pretty much brought up in all of these books because of his connections to all of them. Okay. And it's... I think that's such a great... Like, when you meet Bram and you learn who he is... Mm-hmm. It's such a surprise, like, and you don't even get that connection in this book. Like, it's Mm. not talked about. Yeah. But when you go back and you learn more about the books and how they're set in what's called the Simon verse, Mm -hmm. it really just, Bram is such a quiet guy. So, Mm -hmm. like, to to know that he's, like, got all these connections, you'd never know. Oh, right. He's, like, that quiet guy. He's like, I know somebody for you. (laughs) So, um, I loved this book. is called Simon versus the Homo Sapiens Agenda by Becky Albertalli. It is in our YA fiction section, and it's a great read. And um, I want to say uh, the movie got a lot of play too. Yeah, it, the, so the movie was adapted and it's called Love Simon. I would definitely like to go watch it because. And I another thing, the last thing I'll say is Simon as a character becomes really self aware of how like not a good friend he is Mm. um he's so wrapped up in his own world that Mm -hmm. he's like wait a minute i didn't even know stuff was going on with Mm. these people and he really sits and reflects on that and how like he's so self-centered sometimes he doesn't think about that and i thought that was really mature for him oh yeah wow so my next two books i'm gonna talk about we don't have them here in our library but we we have them as an ebook and we have them in our system so okay uh county um part of lee itawamba system has a copy 
in print that okay. we can put on hold for somebody. It'd be available in one to two weeks, and but we also have it as an ebook, and it's called Sunny Song Will Never Be Famous. And Aww. I listened to this on audio. Okay. And so this is another YA book, and it's about Sunny's song, and she has like a couple, uh, or she has three summer goals, is one, make Raphael Kim her boyfriend, <laughs> two, hit 100,000 followers on her YouTube, Ooh. and then three, have the best last summer of high school, and um, right as, the, like the last day of school is when the book starts, and Sunny got called into the principal's <gasps> office on the last day of her junior year, and she's like, what is so bad that I had to get called in here on the last day of school and it turns out that Sunny goes to this ultra private school and she has ruffled some of the parent feathers in this private school by posting to her YouTube and they don't like the image that it gives off that she posts to her YouTube during school hours because it makes it look like the private school is not focusing and prioritizing their students' education if they have this student who's gotten prominent following on social media. Mm-hmm. And her whole goal, Sunny's whole goal, is to get famous through social media and through her YouTube because she thinks this is her only way to make it. She doesn't really mm-hmm. want to go to college. She's not interested in that. Or, well, she is interested in college, excuse me, but she doesn't have, like, a great way to pay for it, and she thinks that if she can get famous on social media, this is her new way out. Oh, I see. Right? Mm-hmm. And she kind of protests this because she's like, I'm not actually posting. I'm scheduling these posts, and they're going up at optimal times throughout the day, but I'm not. I'm sitting in class. Right. I do all my recording, all of my scheduling after class at home. Mm-hmm. I don't even do anything at school other than reply to comments when I'm allowed to use my phone. Right. She's like, I'm not do, And so the same day that she comes home, she has to do, she's doing a Instagram live or something and she's making these brownies and she's like, Oh, look at, you know, 30 minute brownies. And like, she's just trying to do something that it, get, it gets a lot of uh, play on her channel when she does cooking videos. Mm-hmm. So she does this cooking video and she's done with the brownies and she like hits her screen takes the brownies to the sink and then she like looks down she has all this brownie batter on her shirt she she pulls her shirt off and she's like yeah oh no (laughs) um and she gets a text from her friend her best friend and she's like sunny you're still recording yeah so sunny took her shirt off in front of thousands of people (laughs) and she was like it wasn't the worst thing ever because it was an old sports bra. It wasn't too embarrassing. Yeah. Like, it looked like she was just in workout clothes. So, uh-huh. not the biggest thing in the world. But it goes viral. Yeah. And it b- starts getting hashtagged brownie porn. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Kids are cruel. Yes. And they're quick. <laughs> yes. And so, this gets back to her parents. Oh, and yeah. this gets back to her headmaster at a <gasps> private school. Oh, goodness. Yeah. So, immediately after, they just had this talk about how you need to, like, refrain from posting right. during school hours. She's hashtag brownie porned. Yeah. And her, her parents freak out. I know they do. Um, and they immediately send her to digital detox camp. <laughs> Wait a minute. Yeah. They got those? <laughs> yeah. From literal Los Angeles to, I think it's Iowa or Idaho. Oh, Iowa. Wow. A digital detox farm camp in Iowa for a whole month where she has no Wi-Fi, no digital 
screens, nothing. You have not, no access to anything. If there's an emergency, they're calling the office of this camp. Oh, okay. Landline only, and then they'll let you know if something needs to be done. Wow. Um, yeah, she's expected to, like, do farm chores, like, oh. shear the sheep, oh. churn the butter. Oh. Uh-huh. And so there's... A really good, it's just a really good look at, like, how social media is used today, especially with Gen Z users, and Sunny has a lot of things going on. Like, she's working to actually get in this competition where she's part of this uh, social media house, so, like, I don't know if you've heard of these house houses of influencers like they all get in a house together and live together and they're like part of an influencer group there was one on tiktok i i don't know if it's still a thing but i was told about it a couple months back where this group of influencers got together pooled their funds that they got from their social media and Mm -hmm. like bought a house together and they like that's their job is they film in their house all day and they like create content so she's trying to do the same thing try to get a part of this influencer group and if she does she'll get a ton of followers she'll have collaborations with people who have more followers than her it'll really boost her following and get her even more monetized and she doesn't talk about how much she's monetized because she doesn't want her parents to like realize she's getting money for it because she doesn't want it she does she's trying to fly under the radar here okay and so she goes to this digital detox camp and she's like brought her own contraband phone (laughs) (laughs) i believe she she is ready and she's like really struggling also with the her own identity as a korean american her parents pressured her into learning korean and then she hated it so she stopped and she's like this it's awkward for me i don't i want to just be an american like leave Mm -hmm. me alone and she's also struggling with the fact that her mother She's known in in the social media world as Goggle Girl because her mother had a mommy blog when she was born and she went viral as a baby uh, running around with these weird goggles on or something. I don't know. But she's trying to out outlast Goggle Girl and like trying to reestablish her identity. Yes. And so all of this goes on and she has this like arch enemy at the camp and she's Mm -hmm. like all right i know that i've got to make alliances here because this girl's gonna get me and (laughs) she's gonna do something to me and i've got to like figure it out and then something happens where sunny actually gets a chance to teach digital digital information and digital learning to senior citizen home group that comes to the farm to like pet the sheep and have a day out right Mm -hmm. so she gets a chance to host a class because she's you know showed herself to be trustworthy ain't nobody know about this phone though. right uh she's shown herself <laughs> to be trustworthy and so she starts teaching this class and helping these senior citizens learn how to facetime with their family members oh, and get connected and yeah. start photo albums and all this stuff and all the while she has been maybe flirting with um a very nice looking man who is the son of the owner of the farm so oh. uh they it's quite unexpected, and uh, they 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 tend to get a little bit closer. And, you know, there's a there's a canoe, and then the canoe tips over, and huh? then oh no, sha la 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 bye oh bye. <laughs> Don't be shy. You wanna kiss the girl? Okay. Yeah. So it's a great book. I loved it, and Sunny eventually comes to like embrace her cultural heritage. Um, and there is like one scene of racism in there that is very much on the page and it's like this is racist what are you doing and I really appreciated that Sunny was brave enough to speak out about 
Mm -hmm. how she she's forced to wear like pilgrimage clothes and then these five-year-olds come up and they're like you don't look like you would have been here and she's like you're right i wouldn't have because this land is colonized and and so it's it's really i just really enjoyed it there's this there's this gaggle of old people that like i'm sorry elderly citizens um uh, she gets really uh hooked up with this little old uh guy who's part of the senior citizen home and he's like trying to date this other woman at the senior (laughs) citizen home and they conspire to get each other together oh i love it it was so good there's so much here and it was a great read and it sounds like it i really am liking the way that young adult literature has gone where they're showing uh kids who are truly coming into their own and and doing mature things that you would have thought they wouldn't do at that age you know yeah like for instance my daughter still has yet to really ask can she get an instagram or facebook page and i'm not going to mention it until she does right but the thing is is that you know, I could, if I wanted to, pick up her phone at any given time, and I know that I could find what it is that she would be doing. But most of the time, she's either drawing anime or reading manga or or doing something else with her drawings and stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's really an innocent kind of girl, and she has done some YouTube videos where she actually was protesting another person who was bullying other people on YouTube. And when I say, when she she came at me with mom this is horrible and I've got to do something about it it was like that I was like okay what's going on let's you know I'm thinking did I do something but then when she explained it to me I was like I'm so proud of you honey she's like well I just want to know can I make this video yeah speak your your mind I was like as long as you ain't cuss nobody out we good to go yeah so I just love the way the literature now is really showing such mature uh, steadfast young people who are really have their own, the head on straight. Right. And they're like, you know, I, I've got to be a voice in this world and I'm going to do it no matter what. Right. And I really like that about Sunny. There's a, there is a moment, I'm not going to talk about what it is because I don't want to spoil nothing, <laughs> but there's a moment where Sunny has to decide what she's going to do and whether her actions will hurt somebody, but they'll also advance her personally and she has to make the decision of whether she's gonna do sunny or whether she's gonna actually do a different take a different course like Mm -hmm. and it's a it's a thing where she has to look at her own morality and think about Mm -hmm. her own ethical like compass and like what is she gonna do and what she decides to do ends up changing the lives of so many people and it's just like great to see so i loved this book it was Again, called Sunny Song Will Never Be Famous by Suzanne Park. And that was another YA pick. Last but not least, I read this book in one sitting. It got a ton of buzz, so I kept seeing it. And I then, love the way he looks when she's kissing him on this cover. Right. So, <laughs> if you haven't heard of this book and you're not in the book world, that's understandable. But if you are in the book world and you haven't heard of this book, I don't know where you've been because <laughs> it is everywhere. And it is The mm-hmm. Love Hypothesis by Allie Hazelwood. I- I think I just added that to my list. Okay, great. I want to say. I hope so because I remember seeing the cover art and thinking on Amazon like, oh, that's so cute. You know, that was what I was thinking at the time. Like, I bet you somebody would love that. Yeah, I I definitely would. I mean, it is a great read. It was published in 2021 and it is an adult romance. But it's kind of like almost to me like millennial romance it's not Mm -hmm. it's it is definitely a millennial story and we do have copies of it we don't have any here just yet you said you have one on the way i think i do but there are cop there is a copy on hold at for somebody at 
Starkville Public Library. Lee Itawamba has a couple copies. Mid Mississippi Regional has a couple copies, and then First Regional has copies. So we can put this on hold and get it for you within one to two weeks. And I would highly, highly recommend you do it. The war, the wait would be worth it. So essentially, Olive is the main character of the Love Hypothesis, and she is a third year PhD candidate in her science program, and she's studying pancreatic cancer because. It took the life of her mom. Mm. And she is at, I believe, Sanford. And you have a little prologue at the beginning where Olive is trying to make a decision, or she's trying to interview to get into Sanford. And in the prologue, she's, like, in the bathroom, and she's, like, crying because her contacts are expired and she can't see anything. And she's, like, trying to fix them. And this guy walks in, and she can't see, so she's, like, talking to this voice right and she's like <laughs> blurred out and she's like I'm sorry my contacts are messed up I'm trying to interview here and they have like this really it's like those conversations about deep stuff that you have with strangers because you're never going to see them again yeah and they talk about like why do you want to be in grad school and she's like I, I mean I want to be in, and she tells him like I want to be in here because I want to make a difference and I have a passion for this and because, you know, she tries to give him the spiel of, like, oh, well, my research. But, and he's like, no, why do you really, like, don't give me the elevator right. pitch. Tell me what you really want to do here. And she tells him. And then he's like, that's the best reason to ever do this. And, like, this just random dude that yeah. she's talking to. So that's the prologue. Wait, and was she in the women's bathroom? Was um, she? she was in a lab bathroom. Oh, so, okay. Um, was it was say? technically the men's. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> I was going to say, um, did he just walk into the women's bathroom? Or was because she couldn't see, was she in the men's bathroom? Yeah, she was in the men's bathroom. And he's like, <laughs> um, excuse me, what are you doing? And he goes and says, you know, this is my lab's bathroom. Technically, oh, okay. we only use this to dispense of solutions in here. Nobody uses oh. the restroom in here. But you still, like, what are you doing? here like you still need to be in here and so that in um inspires their conversation so that's the prologue okay and then it jumps i believe three years into her phd program Mm. and she's walking down the hall late at night because if you've ever been a graduate assistant or a graduate student who has to deal with faculty you are going to be there a lot of times you don't think you're going to be there um and i it was such grad school vibes it's (laughs) so grad school vibes in this book but so it's two years 11 months later excuse me and each chapter starts with a little hypothesis that she makes that will give you an inkling of what the chapter is going to be about and so it jumps through uh, like almost (laughs) like the first chapter right i was hooked by chapter one i was like i gotta know what this is about so Mm. in chapter one I'm just going to say what it is, and then I'm not going to say much else about this book. But in Chapter 1, Olive is walking down the hallway of her graduate department, and it's late at night, and she sees her best friend on um, walking down the hallway to meet her, and she freaks out because on really likes her ex-boyfriend, Jeremy, I think his name, Jeremy or something with a J. Um, that de- definitely a peripheral character if you can't tell. Right. Um, but On likes him, and Olive is trying so hard to get On to understand that Olive doesn't care if On likes or wants to date him. Like, go date him, be happy. Right. On is her person. On is a Vietnamese uh, female student in the biology department, and they 
bonded over the fact that they were the only two women in this all white male field right. and so she's trying so hard to get on to just like go be with him i don't yeah. care but on is so fixated on the fact that they dated first and she won't do it she thinks she's still hung up on this guy and she refuses and so Olive kind of like has an alien take over my brain moment <laughs> where she's in the hallway. She sees on coming to her and she told on that she was on a date. Oh. So on sees her in the hallway and she's like, oh, crap, I'm supposed to be on a date with a dude and I'm not because I just lied so that she would understand that I'm over him. And so she grabs this guy in the hallway and she's like, hey, can I kiss you? Okay, thanks. And like, oh, yeah, grabs him and kisses no him. No wonder his face on the book is like, oh, who is this? What are you doing? Right. And so they kiss and at first it's awkward, but then he kind of seems into it. So <laughs> she's, like, and she's like, that's not a bad kiss. Like, and she's like okay. And he goes, um basically he's like did you just kiss me and she's like no <laughs> and he's like okay and he walks away and he goes i'm sorry um what does he say let me let me i want to get the right quote it's so good it's so good i bet did you just kiss me um no yeah and he goes so basically he's just like did you kiss me? And she's like, no. And he goes, are you sure? And she goes, this isn't what it looks like. <laughs> and then he goes, he's like, okay, can you explain? And she's like, I don't mean to be rude, but it's none of your business. <laughs> and he's like, yes, of course. Um, I'll just go back to my office and work on my Title IX complaint now. And so, <laughs> and so she's like, no, 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 don't do that. Don't do that. And she, like, tries to explain herself. Mm -hmm. But she's like, this guy doesn't care. And you know what? Go report me if you want. It was worth it because at least my friend will know that I'm over him. And that's really, like, Olive has a good heart, mm -hmm. you know. And she, she didn't mean to. But she realizes that when she gets done pressing her lips maybe non-consensually against this person <laughs> that he is the biggest butthole of their department oh. dr adam carlson oh and when i tell you he sends students out of his office crying about their dissertations he holds no bars oh, about his wow. critiques on their writing about their methods their uh like anything and everything he is known as the guy in the department nobody wants to deal with oh, wow. and she's like did I just kiss him? <laughs> <laughs> Did she say to herself, no. <laughs> and so basically what happens is in on comes in later the next, like throughout the week. And she's like, I did, I did not see you kiss him right like that was a hallucination <laughs> i'm on drugs are you on drugs like you did not just kiss dr carlson like there's no way there's no way are you sure what is happening tell me everything <laughs> and her friend and she's like uh, uh, uh. And so then he comes into the room as she's has her friends like trying to confront her and he puts his hand on her lower back and he's like hey are you okay and she's like my brain is scrambled eggs i don't know what to say <laughs> and so basically they start fake dating to convince her best right. friend that she doesn't have feelings for this guy that her best friend likes that she used to date mm -hmm. but that's really all i'm gonna say 
Um, I will say that... Can can you really blame her, though? Because I'm talking about the friend. Because, you know, there's the girl code, I mean, that is unconsciously done. You know, like, you don't date your friend's ex at all. Like, it's like a big ever. So I can see why her friend is, like, so nervous about doing that. Because she doesn't know if Olive is like, okay, yeah, you can date him. I promise you can date him. And then, like, a a date or two afterwards, she's like, no, you cannot. And how dare you do this to me? Because, see, that's what I'm already in my head about. Uh, this girl is is lying to you because uh, Olive says <laughs> she's a test. <laughs> right. Well, so Olive actually, um, it's not, it's kind of a subtle undercurrent of the mm-hmm. book, but Olive has a, has an interesting sexuality and I would label her as demisexual. And, okay. Um, demisexual just means that somebody really needs a mental and emotional connection with somebody before they are able to feel sexually attracted to somebody. Okay. That's all that term means. And I really do think that that's what she is because she felt no physical attraction for this previous ex or for this boyfriend. Oh, okay. So in all of his brain, it's very straightforward and it's very simple. Like I had mm. no connection with him it was just dating him to see what it would be like. Yeah. And I, it's da- like all of his previous relationships have been because she was supposed to do it or like she felt pressured to do it because oh, okay. like it was just what everybody else was doing. Okay. So that's why Olive is so concerned because she knows that like her own brain isn't the way other people's are. And so like she's just like, I know what I felt for him and it was virtually nothing. Oh, okay. He's a good guy and I really like him as a friend, but like. I know that, like, I really need a connection with somebody before I even feel sexually attracted to them. So, like, this is not a big deal for me. And that's why she's so... And she loves On because On is, like, the... her On and her best friend, her other best friend, I believe his name is Malcolm. Yes, Malcolm. They're both... They're all three of them are students, but these are her people. She has yeah. nobody. She's come from Canada. Her oh, mom has passed okay. away. Her dad was never in her life. Oh, okay. So Ann and Malcolm are her anchors. So yeah. she's so concerned with their happiness, and she's yeah. so selfless about it. So I will say that it does do a great exploration of consent, of sexuality. There is sex on the page, so if that's not something you're interested in and you like fade to black, you may not want to pick this one up. But... When I tell you consent, consent, consent yeah. is constantly there. Well, I'd like to bring up the Oscars, but not for what you think I'm going to bring it up for. I was a little bit taken aback at how Regina Hall asked, was calling out some of the men's names to come up on stage because they were eventually had just gotten single. Mm-hmm. And she was like, you know, come on up stage. You and I, you know, I'm going to I'm gonna choose which one of you all that I want to be with. And that they said that she was hanging all on Jason Momoa, kind of like in a weird feel-up kind of way. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of the comments from other, uh, from other people were like, if a man had called these women up to the stage and done that, the outrage would have been loud. And so it made me think, gosh, do we feel like that we can just fill up dues and not face that, you know? And it really is all about consent, you know, on both sides. And we have to respect that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So interesting that this book is, is talking a lot about consent. Yeah, and it also makes a lot of commentary about what the romance, typical romance trope is. Like, mm. Olive even talks about, like, 
oh, we're going to fake date, and this is what's going to happen, because have you ever read a romance novel before? Like, Mm. she talks about that and how uh, it's like a commentary, a meta romance of, Mm -hmm. like, talks about this. And there's at one point they will be sharing a hotel room. And (laughs) And there's only one bed. Well, she said that there's only going to be one bed. I just know it. And he goes, no, I double-checked the receipt like it's a double room. And she's like, have you ever read a book? It's, there's going to be one bed. It's going to say two, and there's going to be one, and we're going to have to figure it out. And I'm just preparing you now because this is what happens when you fake date your professor and blah, blah, blah. Like, she's like, I know how this works. You don't read romance, and I do. And lo and behold, they go into the hotel room. There are two beds. And he's oh, like, cool. what did I tell you? And she's like, shut up. <laughs> So it's a oh, and he is like so. Adam is like a. He reminds me a lot of Darcy from Jane or mm-hmm. from Pride and Prejudice. He's very quiet. He's very tall. He's very like. He comes off as like a total jerk to other people, oh, okay. and then to her, he's like got this really sweet spot for Aww. her, and it's very Darcy to me from Pride mm-hmm. and Prejudice. And so, um, yeah, it just it has a. Like, a, a great commentary on the graduate uh, scholarship system. A commentary oh, wow. on, you know, how destructive white male gatekeeping can be in higher academia. Mm-hmm. Um, about romance, about consent. Like, there's so many great threads happening in this book. I and, like the way you said that, threads. Yeah, and uh, just the absolute... It's got great humor and... I tell you what, I made it to chapter two and I'd done like five squiggly romance stances. I was like, oh, what's going to happen next? I was like, ah! So, I'm this glad you were so excited great. about your book while I'm over here reading the last final chapters of mine and I'm trying to stop crying. Look, I'm, I'm not about emotional damage over here. You know what I'm saying? I text Mark and I said, I can't stop crying. I want to throw the book across the room. He was like, oh, honey. But that's how I've been feeling about this book. Like, I love it, but tears upon tears yeah well that sounded really good i'm glad that so that was the love hypothesis by ali hazelwood and i picked up my copy at friendly city books so i was shout out to friendly city i walked straight in and i said i need this book and they were like okay here you go that's what that's what it is that's what it's all about all right well we have taken up a lot of time i don't think we're gonna get to non-book recs today and yeah so i'm very excited we're almost to summer library programming all over again i can't believe it's almost here no right time really has flown like we say that at the beginning of the the year when we hit february we're like wow it's already february but dude yeah it's almost summer school will be out for my daughter in another month and some change yeah and my my husband doesn't have to do any like advanced planning for his job right so when we talk about time lapses he's like well it's only april and i'm like no technically <laughs> it's already june like you gotta i am two you know months what, ahead of everyone you else know who, and, you know who you sound like have you ever watched the bride's uh bride show with um the the people in the bridal shop in kleinfeld no i haven't okay so it's it's um is it Say, say yes, yes to, to the, the dress. dress. Okay. Yes. So one of the things that always pops up is is that when women come in, the very first thing question they ask them is when is the wedding date? And when they say something like three months from now, they the 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 people always look dumbfound, dumbfounded. Like, okay, you do know that three months is like one month in <laughs> wedding time. Like 
they would have killed me. I got my dress the day before my wedding. <laughs> yeah, they would have yeah. been like, "What are you?" He- well, they you're do, a joke. Yeah, they do have you know dresses in stock for that, but really to get the kind of dress that you really would want, you really need a, a full year to prepare for that. Which is why I don't. I hope my daughter doesn't want to do a big wedding dress because it's like <laughs> they they all paying three, four, five thousand dollars for a dress that you're only gonna wear one time and you're not even gonna wear it again, and you're not guaranteed that a child of your union or anything would want to wear that dress again you just gave somebody five thousand dollars for a dress i paid a couple hundred for mine and it was like a little uh cocktail tea link mm -hmm. dress so if my i do have kids they can just wear it for like a prom or something yeah or but you might even you might even be able to rewear it yeah my first wedding my uh dress was bought by my father it was nine hundred dollars and then for my marriage that i'm obviously in right now the guy who made he made my dress for $80 and he should have charged me way more than that yeah. because there wasn't a train with the dress he just wanted to make a train to go with it so I got a train all right out of a dress a detachable train at that oh right so he really, he really hooked me up but that's awesome but I mean I, I like how you said that you know this time that just goes by you're right summer will be here yeah we're I'm already thinking about June and like oh my goodness so June and by all like not to make anybody panic june and july are already planned for me like yeah. i am already like i gotta get this together and i've got to make sure this is funded and so yeah all right well, well thank y'all yeah i think we had some great books and we have a hundred plus more books on Coming the way in. so if there isn't something here for you maybe I don't just know what to tell you yeah <laughs> it's a lot right it's to choose lot. from so we'll talk at you next week yeah we'll all talk right at you next week bye see ya